0: Hello, I am Sarah Rafai. I am the woman warrior lawyer. And today I have the privilege of chatting with one of our exchange students, Payam. Payam, would you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Your name and where you're from.
1: Okay. Hello. My name is Payam and my family name is uh, Naxbandi. I am uh, originally from Erbil, Iraq. And uh, right now I'm 34 years old and I'm working as a manager for a German logistical company in Erbil
0: called MG
1: International Transport.
0: And how did you select your career path with MG International Transport, Payam?
1: Well, um, I met uh, met, uh, some friends in Erbil, after my experience of the exchange students of the MEPI Middle East Program initiatives, and I, I came back uh, in August 2010 back to Iraq. Then in in, uh, in October, I met Mr. Henrik Adams from Iraqi Horizontal. Then then uh, he was uh, he he had he had some lack of uh, participants to German a program called Iraqi Horizonte. He said, mom shall I still continue? Sure. <laughs> okay. So, um, there was a, there was a big businessman for a telecommunication company. He couldn't make it due to the family problem. He said, Pam, I would like to choose you. And uh, you can come to Germany and you will learn German language. And later you will be appointed as the trainee in German. They say, uh, um uh i, I forget the German word uh, but okay there's, again, there's, uh yeah like a, like uh you become a practicum they call it practicum i just remembered so practicum and uh, you you will be appointed to a company and you don't know which company which sector it's just a company and then i met with the management of German uh uh german company which was MG International it was uh, all the gentleman around uh, 60 and uh, he told me he said what's your he told me what's your hobby I said my hobby is sport I want to do soccer he said but are you a good player I said uh, not so much he said okay what's your next hobby I said I want to be a businessman I want to do uh, business he said what kind of business I said I don't know I don't know what kind of people. he said, Well we are in logistics and you can be our trainee for six weeks and if we like you, we might hire you. And later, and you can be even be a boss for us in Iraq. I said, Okay. I didn't know anything about logistics, about trucking, the container, the forty feet container, the twenty foot container, the, you know, the vessels, the ports, the air freight, everything. I had no idea. And they teach me they teach me I, I I tried the language I was working, also learning the language at the same time. It was so cold in Germany. it was snowing <laughs> i had a I had a small apartment. they gave me a small apartment, one bed um, somewhere in velesberg it was close to Siegen, very close to Frankfurt, which is the northern area of Germany and um, they said uh, um uh you have two options you can walk 20 minutes a day to the office or we can have somebody drive you around but it will be very hard for the guy to drive you around uh, because he's also living in another area i said i would like to walk i was i was like uh, i'm young i want to be like sporty but i didn't know it's that cold so uh <laughs> Every week, uh, the second week, the third week, I went to my boss. Uh, I said, boss, oh, it's very cold in the morning. Uh, you know, My nose is like freezing. There's like snow in my nose. <laughs> he said, the German guy told me. He said, Pam, when I was in your age, I used to walk two hours. Now you only walk in 20 minutes. He said, I want you, I'm expecting you to be the boss in Erbil. You cannot walk 20 minutes to work. I said, uh, yeah, okay, forget about the, the cold base. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so I started walking and out of all the program of the Iraqi Olympic. Later, I was the only one appointed as the manager. I was the only one successful. I finished the course as a second, not the first. Uh, the first was, uh, was another lady, also from Duhok, which is northern area of Erbil. And they accepted her, she became the, the first but she didn't get the job. She became the first in language. I was the first who got the job. And when I got the job, I came back to Erbil as a boss in young age. And, you know, starting my life, there was so much corruption in Iraq. When I came to the company, there was so many Alibaba, what we call it. So I had to get rid of all the Alibaba and make a systematic work like Germany. And this company is still running. And uh, I'm still,
0: uh You're the still company. the boss, aren't you? I'm still the boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, in yeah. terms of clearing out the Alibabas, yeah, because that seems to be a rather pertinent topic in the United States these days. How uh, did you go about identifying them and making them gone?
1: Well, they come to me first uh, when I when I got there. Uh, I knew the price for a truck, uh, for a standard truck. I checked locally. I checked the market. It was only $100. And the guy bring me a receipt for $200. And I said, what is this? He said, that's the price. I said, uh, "I said, but it's $100. He said, well, the other 100 is between me and you. I give you 50 And he was all the gentleman, And he was very corrupted. And he was haji. What you call it, the haji, is. you have to respect them because they went to Saudi Arabia and came back and, you know, all the gentlemen and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I said, okay. I said, all right, give me the money. I collect the money. I kept the money. And he gave me second truck. He gave me the third truck, the fourth truck, the fifth truck. I collect all the money. But I didn't spend it. I didn't put it in my pocket. And after one week, I made a lot of money. It was a corruption money. Uh, and and I called my boss in Germany. I said I identify the guy. I know who's there. I know who's stealing from you. He said who? I said this Haji. And he was no. He was very good guy. I said no. He's not a good guy. He's actually come to me. He corrupted me. He said don't uh, don't don't take this receipt. Take this receipt. And uh, and he said okay. What do you do now? I said I fire him. He said okay. He said, uh, you, you, do, you do what you do. Uh, he came to me next day. He brought more money. I said, here is the rest of the money. You can keep it. And you fired. He said, what? I said, you fired. He said, I'm working for the company for 20 years. I said, yes, but you corrupted. So you fired. And it was very hard for me because, you know, as a young guy to fire this old gentleman, and he had his son, he had his son-in-law. It was like a big group of people but uh, I did it. I fired five people in the border in one day. <laughs> uh, and how how new guys? <laughs>
0: and how did that experience um, shape your leadership abilities or traits? What kind of a, uh, what kind of learning experience was that for you knowing That you're, what, 24, 25 years old? Yeah, I was in 20s, yes. And you're supposed to be an insider because you're an Iraqi. Yeah. And you're siding with the Germans. Yeah. And how dare you do that? You can't fire me because I've been here. I'm a good guy.
1: (laughs) True. It was scary, Mom. It was scary because I was scared, you know, it's Iraq. The police is not protecting you. Security is not protecting you. I didn't have any bodyguard or somebody. But uh, I had to be strong, first of all. You have to be strong and you have to be solid. And later, I, when I went to Baghdad, uh, everybody worked systematically. I used uh, I used IT. Uh, basically, I put technology into work, not receipts like that. Everybody had to use Excel sheet. I bought computers the money that they lost uh i spent some of the money i I got a budget after you know it was a reward my 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 boss he was like here's twenty thousand dollars you can use it uh what do we do what can we do i said first of all we we put everything systematic we put it we put excel sheets and uh and we we have one financial manager and uh, every receipt has to be verified in Germany. Uh, the numbers has the figures has to be clear if you want to be successful here otherwise oh, your future in
0: Iran you will be gone that's awesome and all right and this so, is marketing as well it was marketing data you've always been an entertainer I am a strong <laughs> will determined entertainer okay. thank you uh, so much mom. I I say that with tons of love and appreciation and admiration. And you know that. I know that. So you grew up in Iraq, right? Yes. And it's kind of like a little boy made big. Just briefly, because I know that you've shared stories of growing up. You grew up under the reign of Saddam Hussein.
1: That's right.
0: And your dad was on the wrong side of Saddam Hussein. That's right. So what was it like, or just briefly, talk about your experience during those challenging and scary times and how that instilled in how that formed you to be able to face the fear of that first firing of those five guys?
1: Okay. Good question. Very good question, Mom. Well, you know, I born almost in Iran because it was 90s. I born in 1986. Um, We had no power, no electricity. There was a threat. My father was wanted, like anybody else, the Kurdish. uh, They were all wanted by Saddam Hussein. And in the 90s, um, we had to go to Iran. We had to cross the border walking, not by car. We had to walk all the way from Iraq to Iran. Uh, when I remember my childhood, it was uh, it was dark. Food. We had no food, we had no bread. I remember like uh, one time my father, you know, we were waiting in a queue to get some bread, only bread, uh, baked bread um, uh, from uh, from the Iranian uh, NGOs. They only brought like uh, no clothes, nothing, only the bread and water was the problem. So we saw this and we placed, uh, we all placed in one house uh, in a place called Khane. It was um, basically, it was not a refugee camp or something like that. It was a small house uh, by some friend of my father. Uh, but we were not only the, fr- the only family. We were like um, one of out of 10 family, 15 family to be all fit in one house. I remember my childhood, it was all like uh, mattresses and all the young guys, we were like uh, laying in one bed in one line. And, uh, and later we came back to Iraq when, when, the, when the chemical, you know, after the Halabja, the chemical weapons, when they were used against the Halabja, uh, then the UN came and, uh, you know, stuff like that, things weren't changed. We came back to Iraq and, uh, and there was like a civil war later, 1996, uh, and there was a PKK fight later in uh, 1998. Then, yeah, slowly we grew up. Then situation changed after 2003, after when the United States came to Iraq. Um, the basically, the life started again now. We knew, I, I didn't have a passport until let's say 2000, uh, I think 2008, 2008, I got my passport, two years before I visit you in America. I didn't have that simply like that we couldn't travel but now now okay now it's different now it's a completely different situation
0: so let's talk about when you came to visit us it was the MEPI program I know (laughs) so the MEPI program middle east partnership initiative yeah Yeah. was a program through the u.s state department with governments in the middle east throughout the middle east yeah what was and i know that there was a an application process in each of the countries because we've talked about that with different kids that stayed with us yeah. What was the process that you had to go through to be able to come to the United States that summer? And it was a no, summer of 2010, hell. right?
1: <laughs> I went through hell again. Okay, it was 2000. I think uh, nine. Uh, okay. I had some friends. You know, in in high school, I was very good. I had 99, which is the highest you can get in English. So I was a smart kid in high school. And uh, I heard about the program and I knew this is like mission impossible. Anybody to be accepted. They only want one person from one city. And uh, I look at the challenge. I said, okay. Um, oh, it's my brother and my sister. They are coming oh, home. Okay. <laughs> you want
0: to say hello, mom? Sure.
1: Okay. what <laughs> Mohammed. This is Mustada. Uh, I try to... Hello.
0: Hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. You guys all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, well, she, they cannot hear you because I have my... Oh, you got the earbuds in.
1: Yeah, okay. I have to turn that off. Wait, wait. I'll do it.
0: Hello, Mom. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are this you guys? she's my older sister nice to meet you
2: this is Mahmoud my younger brother very nice to meet you nice to meet you too
0: now how there are five of you kids Uh, only three only three I was thinking oh I'm thinking Yusuf never mind (laughs) 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 so are you guys enjoying your time in Turkey as a family it's really nice. We are really having fun. Unfortunately, Pam and Mahmoud, they are leaving tomorrow, evening. Me and mom, we stay, I, I stay until ten January, so five more days. Oh, nice. Just a little bit more time, mother and daughter, without uh, uh, boys around. Without boys? This, is,
2: this is Sarah, my other mom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard about you. and They I heard about you so much, mom. Yeah. We do now you probably only heard about the cookies, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's all yeah. right. You guys got a good brother. He changed a lot when he was in our house. He still takes the award for changing the most. And uh, now my mom is here. You I have to here. also see my mom. I what's that? she's
2: very sad we are leaving tomorrow
0: hello how are you hi thank you (laughs) i didn't hear that good are you good i am great very good mom merry christmas thank you and happy new year May twenty twenty one be better than the last.
2: I am happy because I am and Mahmoud and my daughter.
0: You got them all together.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. She
2: says, Thank "Awesome." You. She's loving. "Thank
0: you." <laughs> Thank you.
2: So I can call. I say I have two mom. I have also like. Miss Sarah and then also Miss Chanur. So, (laughs) exactly. American mom, Iraqi mom. So, it's very good.
0: There you go.
2: It's the best (laughs) of both
0: worlds. Bam, bam, happy, bam. Beautiful beautiful mom. Oh, thank you. But which one? (laughs) Both Both (laughs) of them. (laughs) Both. (laughs) that's good. I love you. you love Love you too. Thank you for your son. Yeah. <laughs> so okay I try to
2: plug in my we will continue we still recording or can we
0: We are still recording.
2: Okay. Sorry. I'm going to go to the balcony. If you don't mind.
0: No, that's fine. <laughs> so i never realized you were the middle child too payam i know (laughs) it's a tough spot isn't it
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's really it's really hard my sister is the favorite also my brother is the favorite i'm only in between like nobody cares about me
0: (laughs) you got a bright light off your left shoulder that when you move it like glares oh yeah okay so how about this one there you it's go I, yep perfect yeah. White and I are both the middle too so I get I feel your pain <laughs> that might be another part of that little extra connection
2: that's right that's right that's right
0: okay so we were talking about the MEPI program and what you had to go through to be the chosen one for Iraq
2: so yeah so um, I heard about the program, and I had some friends. They told me, Pam, you can do it. And uh, you have a degree for it. You have uh, you have good language capability. You can learn quickly. And uh, but you only the only problem is you have to fly to Baghdad. And Baghdad back then it was very bad. It was well, a uh, scary place to be, wasn't it? Scary place. Like uh, there were snipers. Anybody who leave the airport to the U.S. embassy, they shoot them down. It was like that. There was a, a place called Abbas bin Farnas. Uh, you can only take taxi. But the taxi were like, when you're driving next to the driver, you had to get down because there is possibility there snipers might hit you. They called Jaish al-Mahdi. Yeah. So I said, okay, I, do, I said, I will not go through the airport. We take the taxi, normal taxi. I want to be like low profile. I don't want, I don't want anybody to see me. But my father, God bless him. Um, he take me, he take me a private taxi. He said, uh, you take my son to Baghdad and uh, and you wait for him until he finished from the U.S. embassy. I went to the U.S. embassy I had my phone. I'm, I'm not sure if I have told you this story, but
0: no, I haven't heard this one.
2: So yeah, I, I just got this phone, this uh, uh, this this tab, like uh, the touch phone. It was just new in in Iraq, and when I went to the security, I, first time I see American, okay, like <laughs> that. And I, they, you have to take out the battery from your phone. It was not like an iPhone back then. You have to take the battery, literally, take the battery out. You say, okay, the battery's out. And I didn't know. After the first checkpoint, I put the battery back. And there was one soldier. He saw that when I put the battery back. He came to me. He was like, put the battery back out. And he came with the gun. He came on me. I was like so scared. I said, okay. I said, don't shoot. (laughs) You know. (laughs) <laughs> like don't, don't shoot everything is fine uh, I put the battery out and he knew later he realized that I'm not a terrorist I'm only terrorist for chocolate you're juice.
0: just a dumb kid who didn't know anything <laughs>
2: that's right so we went there uh, I did the interview they liked me in the interview they they test me they have had a lot of questions for me. I asked all of the questions, and later they said, "If do you have, you know, I had some, uh, hello, my internet it says my internet is not stable."
0: Yeah, you kind of got garbled. Now you're okay. better.
2: Okay. So they said, uh, "Do you do you have any plan to stay in America?" I said, "No," because I had I had some uh, homework. I knew that uh, I had to say no. But I wasn't sure if I stay in America or not, okay?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so later, uh, later they, uh, they, from the interview, they said, okay, we have to keep your passport. And we will tell you after three months, if you pass or fail, we will return your passport like nothing happened and everything will be fine. I said, okay. And after three months, I forgot about like I came back with all the obstacles you know with the taxi you know coming back to you know it's like around six back then it was around seven hours in a dangerous zone basically bombs you got uh, planted bombs on the street you got all yeah. kind of yes you had like Peshmerga in one side you had all kind of terrorists any terrorist you can imagine in the world they were in that area they're allowed maybe if they're allowed i can tell them to
0: well, that's out. okay okay it's
2: fine. so uh so I, I came i came back and i forgot about it after three months some lady called me she said hello are you mr Rikshbandi? i said yes i am who's this she said congratulations you are the only one from erbil who's been accepted and your passport is with us you have the US visa and we wanna give it to you. I said, Okay, okay. I I didn't know what to do. Like I had no I have never been traveling. I have never been aeroplane before. I have never taken a flight before. So I was like, Okay, when, when I'm traveling? She said, uh, well you're going soon. You're going uh, maybe June and I was like, Well, okay, well wow. it was really unexpected. So my flight was via Royal Jordanian in Amman.
0: 13 hours flight <laughs> to Chicago. Not on that one. And, Actually, yeah. no. Ours was even worse. We flew out of Kuwait. Oh,
2: okay. oh, my God. It was really like I'm in this machine in the sky. Am I going to die? <laughs> am I going to make it? Then uh, am
0: I... Shall I follow to Wisconsin? Well, the program itself was six weeks, right? Yeah. And one of those weeks was in Wassa. Right. Where were you the rest of the time?
2: Well, I was in Washington, D.C. They, I've been accepted in Georgetown. They, they, they checked my profile and I was there. And... It was the best experience in my life. I have become completely another person. I was, I had so much, I would say I had so much dream that, uh, it, like, I didn't believe it. I, first time I didn't believe it that I'm there in this school in Georgetown, universities, these professors, they were so smart. They were so intelligent. They will, they will listen to you. First time people listen to you. So, and 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 there was a lot of group works. There was a lot of group activities for students. It was not the school, like school in Iraq. You sit like that, like a soldier. It was different. Like you can, like a freedom of speech. You had presentations. It was like, okay, you can, next week we have a presentation. It was like, what subject? And the teacher will tell you any subject. In Iraq, it's not like that. (laughs) They choose the subject for you they choose the religion subject they choose the political subject they choose what song you sing in the morning they they used to choose uh, what uh, what what time what time you have to do what it was everything was like a like a, like a soldier and if you don't do it you get beaten or you get failed or you disappoint your family you disappoint your teacher and my you know comparing to the schools in iraq i grew up with a teacher who had a stick in his hand OK, I'm not, I wasn't used to it. And later um, I, I, I really met some great professors in Georgetown and they, they, they really valued my, my skills. They, uh, they appreciated my essays. Uh, they listened to my presentations and, and stuff like that. Um, and later they said, OK, now we have to go to Chicago. OK, the Chicago part. I had no idea why they take us to Chicago
0: <laughs> but I like it.
2: <laughs> it was paid by United States of America you you fly to Chicago and we were there we met some mentors they were very nice to us they teach us about you know the Chicago the culture um, we we did a lot of activities it was like basically a re, uh, reunion of all of the students because uh, some of the some of the students, they went to Delaware University. Some of the students, they went to different universities. So all of the friends, they, they met each other. Remember Fida and Jihad? Oh, I know.
0: Yeah, Fida.
2: So we, and, and uh, what's his name uh, from Emirates? Khalfan. Khalfan, Khalfan, yeah. So Kalfan yep. went to Delaware. I think uh, then we all met in Chicago. A couple of days, a reunion. And I remember... Uh, in Chicago, I stayed in the hotel called 71. You know the movie Transformers? Yeah. They were shooting that movie in front of our hotel that time. And oh. you know this actor, Shia LaBeouf?
0: I never watched the movie, so no.
2: Okay. So Shia LaBeouf is the, is the, is the star of the
1: movie.
2: Basically, they are Transformers and they have like machines. You know, that, you know Chicago had the bridge? Yep. So in one of the scenes of the movie, Shia LaBeouf, the actor, has to jump from here to other side of the bridge. And there are taxi boats and things like this moving under the bridge. And Shia LaBeouf, when he made this jump, I've seen it live while they were shooting the movie. <laughs>
0: Well, and I know that one of the guys had posted pictures on his Facebook page yeah. after you guys all went home. Mm-hmm. And it was from the movie set. I was like, Is that what you went home to? He goes, No, it was from Transformers. And I'm like, Okay. This is America. Don't go to Chicago. Yeah, Right? Well, yeah. you don't go to Chicago, but. <laughs> So then, after Chicago, you guys came to Wasa. Then
2: we came to Wassa. Then they said each student will go to a family, American family, and uh, they will spend one week with this family. And you can, um, uh, you have to wait here until the families arrive and take you. I said, "All right." I said, "Can we choose the families?" They said, "No." Everything is programmed, you have to be with the family that has been selected for you. I said, Okay. Uh, I wait. <laughs> I wait for you. I didn't know you coming.
0: <laughs> but well, I was now if memory serves me correctly, you wanted to be in town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No exactly. kids no application. and no animals. Yeah, they said what do you want? I said, I want
2: a family, no children. I said, <laughs> I want some nice family in a town, in the city center. I wanted like life, you know. I didn't want like anything, anything far away. And and you know, of course, I was young. I wanted party. I wanted young family, like you know, people in oh, my. Oh,
0: you young family—that's for sure.
2: <laughs> that, that's how, that's right. <laughs> then you show up with children in the car,
0: with a boatload of them.
2: <laughs> then. I was, I, I was so, I, I, you were so nice to me, by the way. You were so nice to me. You come and you were like, hey, hello, Pam. And you were like, so like, um, like you were so polite and you, you, you want me there. You want me to, to be comfortable. And I said, okay. I said, all right. I said, okay. I went to my mentor. I didn't say anything in front of you. But later I met my, I, I met my mentor. I said, please don't put me with this family. Children. (laughs) In one side, all of these children. What did I do? Like in this area in Wasa? Like, what do you, why do you want me to do that? She said, no, you're going to love this family. I said, me love this family, children, one week. Are you nuts? (laughs) I said, what do you expect from me? Like. Why? I said, put someone else in front of me, exchange me to another family. She said, okay, here's the deal. You go spend one night with this family. And if you don't like it, you call me tomorrow. And maybe we can consider another family. I said, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, I was fighting. I was like, I, this is impossible. I cannot do it. She said, uh, she said just, just try. Then we were in this conversation. You You joined us. We're like, hey! I was like, okay, hi. She, said, this is Miss Sarah, and this we, we introduced. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 Miss Sarah. <laughs> and 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 you, okay. This is what I remember. And this ought to be good. This is yeah. This is very first time I fall in love. Okay, you you put my luggage. I had a huge luggage, and I smell. I stink, you know. Like my clothes all dirty. I like you know. I didn't have time to wash it and you took my luggage, you put it in your car and you, you you put me there. You were like, you were going so slowly with me. You helped me so much. You were like, hi, how are you? I said, hi. You know, I replied to you. <laughs> then I got home. I was like, still okay. When I'm going to get home just to call my mentor just to change his family. I didn't want to be rude. Then Then I met dad. I met Dwight. Um. Then I see all of the children. Everybody love me. <laughs> I don't know why they love me so much. I'm like, okay, I hate you. Why you love me? <laughs> like I'm trying to get away from you, and you trying to love me. And uh, then you you give me a a room with the boys. You you put me in a room with the with the boys. You were like, this is your room. Uh, these are the boys. You can be
0: up and down and and. Uh, and Actually, I think you and, have- <laughs> and fun shared a room, right?
2: Yeah, you were like...
0: Tony and Mac were across the hall. Right, right.
2: You were like, the boys out there, and you had this... uh, uh, Red bunk beds. No, the one you make steam in the house. I remember. Humidity. It makes humidity. Oh, the the humidifier?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, humidifier. humidifier. Yeah, humidifier. First time I see this machine, I'm like, okay, (laughs) what is this? What is this machine doing? Then my father... then. Uh, Dwight came and Dwight came he hugged me he kissed me he was like what is the smell I said what smell he said oh man you stink all right take off your clothes I said what now he said take off your clothes now I said okay and he asked you to wash it for me you wash for me thank you very much by the way
0: you, you betcha
2: absolutely then uh, I, I took a shower. Then you take me to the balcony, to the other side of the house. It was in the backside. It was like a forest. I'm trying to like flashbacks. I'm trying to remember. And we sit down, and we talked about uh, we talked about Iraq. And I know you guys were very sad for me. What happened? And I thank you so much. You you really. You really take care of me, like uh, as a parent. Like you, you, you sit down, and you listen to me, and you you told me that everything will be fine, and uh, things things will be normal. And you're a great guy. Uh, we are we we are gonna take care of you. Um, I said, what do you like? I said, okay, I think next morning I did the breakfast. I'm not sure. I did the omelet. It was not very I don't cool.
0: remember I remember you and Fita making us separate on Thursday night though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: and I think we went yeah
2: me and you we went to bar. You take me to a bar. Uh, uh, that was Wednesday night. We went
0: downtown.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you take me to a bar. Only me and you.
0: <laughs> That's because mom nice. wanted no part of it and Dwight stayed home with the boys.
2: Yes. And later my mentor called me. She said, So what do you think? I said, I don't know why I like it. <laughs> I don't know why I like it here, <laughs> but I like it. And later you brought Fida. Yep. I, I missed my friend Fida. You brought Fida. And then I met your parents. They were lovely.
0: And <laughs> oh, yeah. We back. went north and you guys got to dig holes. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> we, had, we had the whole thing. <laughs> I didn't want to work. I was doing all the work. I don't know what your father. He was telling me something. I was doing. I was digging. I don't know why I was digging. I was digging for something. It's like uh, my memory is crazy, mom. It's it not, is. Like and I, I know that all the stuff, but
0: like Monday night when we when we picked you up, picked you guys up. Yeah, my I remember you being up on the the deck and how fun was playing with the boys because he had a bunch of younger siblings so he yeah. was perfectly comfortable with the little kids yeah and i was kind of shuttling back and forth Because yeah. you're up there doing this
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's right that's right
0: and then by wednesday morning i was mom and <laughs> it was just so what was going through your head that because We have hosted 34 kids through our house. 34? 34. You and Halvan were five and six. Yeah, okay. Oh, we were very early. Oh, yeah. You were the second summer. Yeah, okay. And out of all of those kids coming through our house, you still take the prize as changing the most in the shortest period of time.
2: That's right. I almost changed my name to Raphael by the way. <laughs> well,
0: That'll work. <laughs> we adopt you. <ya>. So, <laughs> what was it that caused that massive shift that seems to have stayed for the last eleven years?
2: Well, it's you guys. It's you, and it's Dad, and the children. You guys are amazing. You have you have some. You have something that nobody has. You have some, some heart. You have some optimism. You have some positivity in you that sometimes I'm amazed by it. Whenever, whenever I feel like down in my life, I think about it. I, I think about you guys, honestly. I think about you guys, how you were powerful, how you can handle it, how you can be strong, how to be strong. This is what I learned from my experience with Inwaza. I learned how to be strong. I learned to depend on myself. I learned to to think to think about my plan. I learned how to make a plan for the future. I learned what the families means even if well, before I get married, I called you now I have two children i the love you give me the love the the love you give to your also to other boys I saw it, and I have never seen anything like that. The freedom. The love, the respect, the, the, the education, the, the way you treat each other inside your house. Teach me how to treat my family inside my house in Iraq. How to be a leader, how to be a, a responsible, and how to, how to face the obstacles, how to face the problems, how to, how to be myself. It was very important for me how to be myself because I don't know how to be myself. I had no idea, and that's why I didn't cut the contact. I, I stayed with you family. I I, I want to stay with your family for the rest of my life because I know this is, this is this is it. This is life. This is life experience.
0: Well, and you just- are a rough eye. You know that, right? I am. <laughs>
2: I am. And you know, more chocolate chip cookies coming. More <laughs> raffi <Raphael> gum. <going. laughs>
0: Well, you know, the best would be to bring your beautiful wife and your two darling children to Wasa so that we could meet them One and day. get them fresh out of the oven. Sure, that's sure. the best way to have those cookies.
2: That's right, that's right, and they are coming. They they cannot wait to meet you. I want you to meet my son, my daughter, and they will they will meet the boys. I want them to meet the boys. Uh, now, now, seeing, you know. Comparing to ten years, eleven years now, when I see uh, Joey, uh, I'm like, "Oh my God!" I used to see you like you were this much, and now you are
0: I'm taller <laughs> than <laughs> I am now.
2: <laughs> taller than my mom. That's right.
0: Mom is now officially the shortest one in the house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> so it's amazing <laughs> what happens over time.
2: It is. It is. How's doing? How's Dwight is doing?
0: Oh, he's doing good. He's working on a book. Okay, actually, he's working on a couple of them. So crazy things are happening in our house.
2: I love it. Yeah, I can't wait for them to finish. Me neither. Okay, gotta be good. All right,
0: all right. So you talked about learning German.
1: Yeah,
0: and. I remember when you were learning German mm-hmm. and you were thrown into it in yep. like a crash course. Yes. English and German aren't the only languages, foreign languages that you learned though, right? That's right. How many do you speak? Five, mom. And what are the other two?
2: Uh, Turkish, Arabic, and my mother tongue, Kurdish.
0: And how did you learn Turkish and why?
2: I had to learn Turkish because my drivers, they were bringing trucks for me uh, from uh, from Turkey. And I had to do the customer's clearance and tax and, and all of this. And I had to ask them, when are you going to come here? So slowly, first driver, second driver, I learned it in the industrial way, and my Arabic it was from university. I, I we had some Arab friends, fantastic. Do you remember Firas? Who?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Firas. Firas. Sure. Firas. Yeah. Wait. He from was painted? from the program. He was um, from the Mepi program, but he was in different university. I'm not sure if you have met him.
0: I was going to say Ferris was one of our first students, and he's from Amman, Jordan. And Joey and I went to his wedding a couple years ago in Amman. Really? Yeah.
2: No, this is different Firas.
0: Yeah, Nope, I don't remember him.
2: So uh, Firas was from Baghdad. And, uh, you know, when when he saw me, you know, we were sharing the same passport, you know, same nationality, uh, different ethnic. And we were, we were at the university here. He, he always talked to me and I, I love to learn Arabic so bad because I learned Kurdish in the Kurdish school. So I said, Firas, please don't speak to me in Kurdish or any other language or English. Speak to me in Arabic. And we try, you know, salamu alaikum. Then, uh, you know, the first step and, and, uh, then, then I, I practiced and we had also many other students and I practiced and, uh, yeah, the, the German is getting worse, by the way. My German, because I don't speak it anymore. Like my colleagues in Germany, they all speak perfect English, and I hate that.
0: I don't know. That just means that your English is still perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you very oh, much. I hope you understand everything. <laughs> What's that? You understand everything. That's good. I do understand everything that's good that's good so yeah it um you you talked about you learned how to be you yeah in our house which that's kind of cool and i hadn't heard that before and i hadn't heard anybody feel that way so that's really because i'm really
2: grateful for that for sure. Thank you so much. You gave you gave me so much freedom. You always ask me, what do you want to do? What do you like to do? And uh, and nobody told me that before. <laughs> I Never mother... had
0: choices before.
2: Huh? <laughs> okay, my mother's not there, nobody's there. That's so now you're safe. No, actually nobody like nobody gave me all of this freedom. You 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 put the whole space for me. Uh, And you you let me choose by myself. And I'm like, what do you want to (laughs) do?
0: All right. So since you had this freedom. Yeah. And 11 years of being a rough Yeah. How do you define success? Oh, okay. The tough question is coming. Success. And it's not that tough. What does your gut tell you? First thing that comes to your mind, Payam. Success.
2: <laughs> okay, how do I define success?
0: Yeah. It's
2: to care about people. It's to care, to give, to care about people around you. To to realize what you're doing and 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 uh don't judge people. Success. Okay. Mom, give me a moment, please.
0: Well, that's fine. Take your time.
2: Okay. Success.
0: In which terms? However. Okay. <laughs> However okay. you want to interpret that. All right. So,
2: success is to be happy. To, to enjoy life. Life is one Right. Okay, it's one right. You start the right and you end it. And it's all in one circle.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And can be the circle goes up and down, up and down. But in the end, you come back in the same place. No matter how many times you make a circle. No matter how many times you aim to for success, but you come back to yourself, who you are. Success is having, having a family. Success is to be a leader, to be an example, to be, to, be, to be someone that people will look at you and say, what a great guy. And what did I learn from this guy? Success is not to expect too much from people. It's try to give more than you receive. So, okay, can I just give you an example here?
1: Absolutely. Since I,
2: since I came back to this vacation,
1: we made everything
2: perfect for this vacation with my family, apartment, car, rent a car, and my brother, me and my brother, we had a fight. We, we had an argument. We disagreed. And reached to the point, he said, okay, he went to his room, he said, I'm going to take my luggage, I'm going to go back to Iraq. I don't want to be in this vacation. So I was like, okay, what did we wrong? Where did we go wrong? We're all in vacation in this time. And now he's, he's, uh, he's upset about something I said to him. I said, okay. Either I say, okay, you go, do whatever you want. You're adult, you're 30 years. You can do whatever you want. And uh, You have money, just travel. I don't want you. You're not my brother. Maybe even when I come back to Iraq, I don't want to talk to you because you're rude. You, don't dis- you disrespect your older brother and stuff like that. But I didn't do that. I took a moment. I judged myself first. I said, I have to be a better example. I have to be better than this. I should not let my brother be sad about something silly. Something we said, something I said. we really, we all different in our way. I went to his room. He didn't want to talk to me. I got close to him. He said, please don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to you like that. I said, listen, brother. We are family. We fight. But we come back together in the end. Because we are family. If we are always perfect, happy together all the time, everything is perfect, then this is fake. If one family don't fight, then this is not a family. And he listened to me. I got his attention. He was like, so it's easy for you to to break my heart? I said, yes. I break your heart. You break my heart. That's all right. We're family. But if we fight, my mom will be sad. Your sister will be sad. The vacation is ruined. And all of these efforts we have made for this vacation is wrong. He said, okay, what do we have to do? I said, we shake her hand and we shake it off. He said, how? Oh. I said, very easy. Bring your hand. He brought his hand and we shake it. And he was like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> <We> all, <laughs> suddenly everything was perfect again. So in one moment... We decided to fight or to love. And he was like, okay, no, I'm going to buy you a six pack of beer. Because you." Then, then, then he came back to me. So what's the answer for success? I don't know. <laughs> I think, I I think you actually way.
0: summed it up quite well. Okay. <laughs> you had to know. And I just, I, I agree that it's being happy. It's feeling fulfilled and it's knowing that no matter what challenges you encounter, you can let it consume you or let it build you. Right. And your example with your brother is a prime example. Yeah. You could let it tear you apart and you never talk again, or you shake hands, shake it off and say, that's part of being a family because we're not going to all get together, get along all the time. We're going to have our rough patches because that's being real and raw.
2: That's right.
0: So did that sum up what you said? Yes. (laughs) All right. So if you were to go back to your 20 year old self, what is something that you know now that you would want to tell your 20 year old self?
2: Do not smoke cigarettes. Good choice. <laughs> and do not have bad friends. Do not be surrounded by bad people. Because sometimes you you have some people around you. They just want to learn from you. They They will take, they will sit down, they will abuse you. You advise them. They will take everything from, they want to be you. So there are some people I don't want them to be part of my life because I, I was surrounded by some people, you know, like bad people. So I would be choosing wiser. I was in choosing better, better people, better persons as well. And um, well, sometimes I'm thinking I would be out of Iraq, but when I think about this, I have made you know some. You know, after the whole program of the MEPI, to be honest with you, um, they teach us how to change the community. I wish that I I could have changed the community better. I could have worked harder to change my community and my people around me. Not to to focus only on business and how to make money and stuff like that. To be less commercial and more leadership-wise. If that makes sense.
0: Well... It does. I can't complain about money. Don't get me wrong. I love money. I like money. Money is good. <laughs> money makes the world go round, and it gives us the opportunity to do what we want. Yes. But now, I just kind of want to go into that a little bit in terms of leadership and your community. So, when you talk about your community, do you are you referring to the the people in your circle, or are you talking about Adaville? in a broader sense.
2: That's right. I'm talking about bigger sense, but of course it starts eventually. It starts from my circle. First of all, myself, how to be tough, how to be strong and how to face it and use all of the skills. What they teach me in Georgetown There's a lot of loud cars passing by, okay. but I wanted to use the same experience and apply it in Erbil, for example. Um, and uh, then, of course, it's, it's my cousins. Then it's, it's, it's my uh, my first family, second family. Then my friends. Then, I I didn't do much about this. I wanted even to be part of the politics and stuff like that. But unfortunately, for people like us in Iraq, they are not... The corruption is so strong. The religion is very strong. I mean, I'm not complaining about religion. I like religion. I believe in God. Uh, but... But, you know, in, in a way that you can make people's mind, um, you know, we're talking about, um, we're talking about honor killings, we're talking about child labor. There's so many things I didn't do. I didn't do
0: much about it. Um, it's never too late to start.
1: What would you have,
0: what would you have done differently? Well, you
2: could just come up with the programs. You can do, do workshops. I would have speak with the imam. I would have convinced the imam. I would have convinced the muhtar, the, the mayor of this area. Uh, maybe I could have built a local NGO, a non-profitable NGO, could, uh, could, uh, could speak to the teachers, more parent and teacher association for the schools, better educational programs, you know, for, for, the, for, the, for the society, not these uh, crazy educations what they teach them in public. Um, a more freedom for children. And definitely no child working on the street. You could have come, I could have just uh, give them like free education. I could just, you know, teach them by myself, put them in one camp, collect all the kids, put the whiteboard and talk to them and speak to them and change them. Because each one that you change them, it's it means a lot.
0: Oh, you mean kind of like us changing you?
2: Yes, mom. <laughs> 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 yes, that, that this is it. This is what I wanted.
0: Well, well, why does it have to be past tense?
2: How old are your kids? One, one six, one
0: five to six, and one three. And they're in school now, or at least your older one is, right? Yes. So what type My wife of is a teacher too, by the way. What's that? My wife is a teacher too. Ah. There <laughs> we go. So what type of involvement can you have to make a difference, at least for the kids that your kids are in school with? But you didn't expect it to be a counseling session too, huh?
2: (laughs) No, but uh, please repeat the question.
0: Well, let me use, let me do it by example. Okay. I'm not a teacher with a teaching certificate in a school. Yes. But by being on my own and having my own firm, I've been able to set my own rules. And one of the rules I set was that when the boys were little, I would go and help in their classrooms on a regular basis. I think it was like once a month. Actually, I think when Tony and Mac were in preschool, it was once a month. And I would take a craft to do in their room. And I would take Nick and Joe with me when they were around. Yes. But we were able to set an example and set the tone in those classrooms. And those kids still remember when we used Mr. And Mrs. Ruffi or Mrs. Ruffi would come into the room. And these are the things that we did. Now, Tony just graduated from high school yeah, and kids still remember us doing those things. And Dwight was a substitute teacher. So he would go in and he would teach the lessons but then he'd also teach life lessons. And I mean, he has stories. He has one kid. He went, they went like this the first time Dwight was in the classroom and Dwight was like, (laughs) what (laughs) am I going to do with this kid? I mean, they almost went, got into a fist fight in the classroom and a number of years later, Dwight sees this kid at a gas station. And the kid was like, Mr. Ruffeye. And Dwight goes, Yeah. I'm so-and-so. Do you remember me? He's like, Yeah. (laughs) You were the best teacher, and da-da-da-da-da. And you did all these things. And Dwight was like,
2: They remember him.
0: (laughs) They remember. So they're always listening. And it's never too late to start. So I should have done this or I could have done that. And when it comes to education, for example, I don't know how your school systems work, but our schools have a school board and the people on that board are elected.
2: Like a committee?
0: Like a committee. Okay. And... The county that we live in has a number of different school systems.
2: Yeah.
0: With the whole pandemic, all of the school systems in our county opened up in some form with the kids going to school this fall, except for the Wassa school district. Our kids were locked out of school until the beginning of November. Okay. That was my first... Um, eye-opening experience of the type of control that that school board has over our kids' education, and that got us looking at. I never wanted to be on a school board, but I'm starting to think about running for the Wasa School Board, and I'm actually actively involved in a committee for three new people that are running for the Wasa School Board this spring. Mm-hmm. To fight for our kids because the administration and people on the board, some of the people on the board are not doing what they're supposed to be doing because they are using our children as pawns. And that is not right. So it's never too late because I'm considerably older than you are. (laughs) And now I'm like, how can I have a different impact on the education that not only my kids are going to get, but other kids coming up through the ranks are going to get. And when you become a parent, you have an entirely different perspective yeah. because now all of a sudden it hits home that these are my kids that I'm responsible for and they're learning what what's going on here. And the question is, what do you want to do about it?
2: Right, right. That's a very good point, Mom. It's a very good point, what you said.
0: Maybe Um, it is getting your little whiteboard out in a park.
2: Maybe, maybe. Okay, this is something to consider. But um, I wanted to to say something about this. In Iraq, we have many, many, many obstacles. The the, the Ministry of Higher Education and the, the Ministry of Education... We have the Syrian refugees. We have many, many things. So the the work. Okay, I'm just. I don't, I'm not trying to complain and find excuses. But you're right. I have to find a better way how to reach to these people because they they all need education. They all need better education.
0: And you use the right term. You but called that... them. You you use the right word. Yeah. You called them obstacles. Yeah. You didn't call them barriers or impossible. They're simply obstacles to overcome. That's right. That's right. It's no different than the obstacles you had to overcome to make it to the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad so that you could come to the U.S.
2: Well, comparing to U.S. Embassy, it was a peanut. It's still a peanut. You're right. You're right. I want to do it, mom. I want to do it. Hopefully in the future, this year, 2020 was very bad. I had many, many programs. I had many things in my head. And of course, with the young children now, you know, they always around and, and they need daddy all the time. They need mommy all the time. But I will do it. I have, a, this is in my program. You're right. It's never too late. And I'll do it. I'll uh, do it. You'll I'll do, do it, it on
0: There you go. <laughs> and it doesn't have, to. it starts. Maybe you, you can teach a couple of classes as well. That could be interesting, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But don't come
2: without chocolate chip cookies, please, when you come. Kids love it, not me. The kids. Yeah, yeah. The homeless children want it.
0: (laughs) Right. And the kid at heart, too. (laughs) All right. So talking about changing the world, what is the best piece of advice that you've received so far in your life?
2: generally <laughs>
0: now you're embarrassed <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you are writing the questions uh, okay
0: the worst advice the best advice or the, the best worst piece ad- of it the best well let's do the best and then we can do the worst or take the worst and then the best
2: <laughs> okay I'm, I'm trying to brainstorm the best advice normally were the people who really close to me and hurt me but they were the best advice they told me something about myself, I denied but it was true first time, what's one example? uh, okay, can we go easy okay, let's go cigarettes, for example (laughs) you, you want stronger than this? No, that's fine. Okay, so normally cigarettes, like when somebody say, "Hey man, you cannot smoke. Smoke is bad for you. You're gonna die. You get lung cancer, and there's you know a lot of things. Uh, you would hate that, but it's actually the best advice. But it's not the best advice. Okay. Uh, well, okay.
0: Next next question. All right. What's the worst advice you ever got so far in your life? Okay. The worst advice. Mm. Stick it out with this family, these crazy people with all these kids in (laughs) wassa. You'll love them.
2: Okay. okay. Uh, Give me a moment. Let me think about the best and the worst advice. I think... this is the best advice for the whole entire life or
0: so far or the one that like pops at the top of your head
2: mm. the best advice was to quit some people they were bad around me and they were affecting my life they were I were always there but they didn't actually... Liked me or loved me? They just wanted to be there, to see me, and uh, and somebody came. My cousin, my older cousin. He said, "These people, these friends, one, two, three. They are not your friends." I said, "How do you know?" He said, "Because they are only there to laugh with you and sit with you, but they don't. They don't really like you. They they want you actually to fail." They want you to be sad. They want you to be miserable. So it was one of the best advice I got. And the worst advice. <laughs> get rid of him? <laughs> I got. I had to get rid of him. And actually, I tested them. I, did, I didn't want to believe my cousin. But later, I, I test all of them personally. I sit down with them. I tested them. I called them when I, need, I faked something that I needed. And I made it look like an urgent. And, you know, it was, they, they disappoint me. And I retest them second time. They disappoint me. They were never there for me. So actually, I was always there for them. I thought that they would be there for me, but they didn't do it.
0: Yeah. You find that, out I, that there are a lot of people like that in your life. We call them takers.
2: Yes. And uh, even my own best friend, he he failed me, to be honest with you. He failed me big time. I didn't expect that because he was my friend for more than 10 years or something. And uh, I I acted like I'm down or something. And uh, this remained for a couple of weeks. And it hurt me
0: so much when he did that. You think it was one of those experiences where you outgrew him? Because, I mean, people come into our into our lives for a reason a season or a lifetime. Yeah. And the ones that are there for a reason or a season eventually we outgrow them and it's simply time to move on.
2: Yeah. It's very hard also to move on but you have to do it. You have to be strong. It is. Yeah. Okay, this is it. I have to bounce. I have to move on. I have I will not stay here. If I am there then I'm going to be destroyed. I will ruin my future. And this is not the person. You have to be always surrounded with the people that care about you.
0: Absolutely. And and you care about and support you. And encourage you.
2: Nowadays, you. you are on your own. You're alone. In this world, what I realized after this experience, I'm alone. In the end, I have to depend on myself. I have to be strong. I have to follow myself first. I I don't I mean after the whole COVID nineteen, everybody wears a mask. Like, like I'm I'm here with my own brother and my sister. Sometimes when you go out, if you don't have a pro, if you don't have a mask, people say, "Okay, you wear a mask." Uh, they come to you. They say they might even find you. They might uh, not even talk to you. They're like, "Okay, don't talk to me." Police come catch you. Stuff like that. So yep. In the end. I'm on my own. In the end, I'm alone. If if I think about it correctly. Because if something happens, it will happen to me. And if I don't protect myself, I cannot protect my children. I cannot protect my brother. I cannot protect my my wife, my brother, my sister, my anybody. And I said that to my mom here. My mom was always worried. You know, she's she lives here and we live in Iraq. She's like you guys, what did you do? What time you wake up? I said, "Mom, from now on, you live for yourself. You don't tell me what I eat. You don't worry about me. You worry about yourself. You worry about your sugar. You worry about your sport. You worry about your health. Because I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I, I, I can only take care of myself in this world right now.
0: So, how do you motivate yourself?
2: I read a lot." I um, well, I have, I have a foul power, fire power inside of me. You know I have a good energy. I, I, I sport in the morning, like every, every morning, I wake up, I run, I run and I think like what to do, how to be strong, What did I do? What's my mistake? Wh- where, are, where are my weak points? Uh, what am I doing wrong? Who, who's good with me? Who's my friend? Who's not my friend? I, I motivate myself and I have to understand that this is um, I'm growing older. I'm not like this young guy anymore that you met eleven years ago. I'm a different person. I have to I have to think I have to plan. I have to plan in advance. I don't do it like right away. I don't I don't follow my feeling. I wake up in the morning, okay. I feel good or I feel bad. I plan it. I plan okay, I run this time, I have breakfast this time. I have lunch this time. I I, I meet this person this time. I, I take care of this client this time. This is this is my time, and later, what did I do wrong? I take care of it. okay. This is wrong. It's right. It's wrong. It's right. This is helping me. This is not helping me. I like I do I do calculations in my head, and, and I follow my heart.
0: I love that. <laughs> I love that, and I love the fact that you. You fill yourself up every morning.
2: Yeah. Mom, um, I have to uh, I have to plug the computer to the to the
0: Okay.
2: This is them they playing backgammon as a game.
0: I love backgammon. I haven't played oh. that in a long time. Really? Do you know how yeah. to do it?
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs>
2: It's coming. <laughs> a little bit mess. You please give me a moment. I'll bring some more amount. One second.
0: Sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you look good. There you go. Yeah. So, what's one thing that you would change about today's society?
2: What's one thing I do to change about today's
0: society? What's one thing you would change about today's society? In which way? Anyway, just one thing that you would change. (laughs) Tough one, huh? The list is so long, it's hard to narrow it down to one, isn't it? <laughs> Can I Google it? <laughs> no, if if you could do anything. Okay. And just snap your fingers and it would change. Not that you actually had to go out and force the change to happen. Okay, like that? If you had your wish list, what's one thing on that wish list to change about today's society.
2: Okay. Uh, no politicians.
0: I'm with you on that one.
2: Yeah. That's one thing. Two, no religion. Private religion. All the religion should be private. And you can worship whatever you like. And, and nobody can judge you.
0: Love that. Free education. No
2: private schools. And no private hospitals as well. Free, he- free health.
0: So, all right. We were just talking about education before. Yes. And you were talking about public education. So if there was no private education, who gets to decide what education looks like?
2: We can make uh, we can make a committee, like a city committee, like one city. If you have one society, for example, and you can have a school, but okay, the school is not uh, okay. It's public, but the subjects can be decided by each group. It it doesn't have to be like physics, chemics, or mathematics. We don't have to teach them the subjects we want to teach them. We have to let the children to decide what subjects they want to learn. Like, uh, for example, when I was a kid, I didn't like chemistry. And I still don't like chemistry.
0: I don't either. Yeah. Like, I don't know. My brain isn't wired that way. Yeah.
2: My teacher, he was forcing myself for the chemistry. I'm like, you don't have to. I'm good at languages. I'm good in communication. I'm better in something else. So let's all decide and regroup which subjects you want to be studying. And if you really like it, you can be tested. and, And you can be tested as per, okay, the current standard. The standard that you want to be tested by. Not the standard that the system chooses for you. I'm not sure if you understand my point. I yeah. do. So that the, you know, the, even like the subjects that for mathematics, for chemistry, for physics, they they have chosen some. Like, why do I have to care about uh, algebra, for example? Mister Algebra, he had some study and he had some theory about mathematics. He said one plus one is is two. So why we have to only study that, and consider this as the uh, as a as the as the backbone of the mathematics,
0: numbers are just numbers. All right. So here's a couple of fun ones to finish this off. Okay. What is the best vacation you've taken so far?
2: Uh, do I have to answer that one? You know this one already.
0: <laughs> oh Of course, it's coming to my house. Yes,
2: time <laughs> awesome was the best vacation I have ever had. That's awesome. Because vacation, what? Why people do vacation? After vacation, vacate
0: from their life.
2: Yes, they came for the life. They want to learn, and then when they come back, they have to be a different person. You know, after this vacation, when I come back to Erbil, for example, the Canon vacation, I'm right now in a hotel room. If I go back to Erbil, if I didn't didn't learn anything, then it's not a vacation. I have to study. What? Okay, when I go back to Erbil now, I have different ideas because i've been there for one year and i have thought about nothing only about just work and city stuff but now when i go back oh i'm different because now uh, you know it's vacation I, I was out of this the problems you have to get out of the circle and the best vacation for sure it was
0: wasa uh. and what is your dream vacation
1: my dream vacation.
2: I want to go to Grand Canyon. Awesome. Yeah, I I want to I want to take an RV. Uh, yep. I want to go Vegas, Grand Canyon, and I want like no time, no freedom. I don't want to have a phone in that trip. I want just. Maybe I will take uh, your husband for a while. In that, oh trip. God,
0: <laughs> that's frightening. Oh wait, I think I heard you were coming back and you were kidnapping my husband and one of my kids.
2: Hey, remember, I'm
0: Iraqi. I'm a terrorist. I can. Uh, I can... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have kidnapping skills. You are a terrorist I allowed in my house with my four young children, <laughs> and I won you over anyway. <laughs>
2: do you remember the joke with the camel <laughs>
0: with the caramel no
2: dad, dad dad was asking me Dwight was asking me, he said so how do you go to school like when you were in Iraq I remember <laughs> Then we take a camel <laughs> we, we ride the camel
0: that's
2: right <laughs> so, so do you, I said do you have tv I said what's tv we don't have tv that's great
0: <laughs> well speaking of tv how did you learn your english so well
2: um, books, movies, um, and, uh, um, we had one neighbor, she was very good and uh, I tried with her all the time and, uh, and I did a lot of practice, the grammar. So I, I used the book a lot. Oh, okay. vocabulary. I love the vocabulary. I, I love the, uh, um, uh, Definitions. I did a lot of definitions. Uh, you know, new words. I write down everything. <laughs> I'm still working on my uh, accent. My accent is, I don't know, like after Germany is changed.
0: Ah, uh, your accents. You got a Middle Eastern accent for English. How's that? <laughs> okay. so well, go.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the reason I asked is, I know we've had exchange students who have learned their English by watching TV. DVD. by watching yeah. cartoons movies but you can you can use the, if you use the
2: subtitles you can choose your subtitles then it's okay like okay what, what did I what did I see and, and you can write down the new words and, and then
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome so Pam I I think we need to have a part two at some point because this sure. was fun <laughs>